In the past two shiurim, we have discussed the mitzvah of tshuva. Is there a mitzvah of tshuva? Is there a mitzvah of vidui? Are they combined to be one mitzvah? Today, using the Rambam as our main source, I'd like to discuss... <coughs> excuse me... <coughs> exactly what is meant by vidui. The Rambam in Hilchus Tshuva, of course, defines in the very beginning what vidui is. And these are the words of the Rambam. The Rambam says, Perik Aleph, Halacha Aleph, Ketzal Misvadim. What do you say? Omer Anna Hashem. He begins by using the words Anna Hashem. Now, generally, we would translate the word Anna as please. And the source for saying Anna Hashem comes from the Vidui of Kohen Gadol. We know the Kohen Gadol started the Vidui with the words Anna Hashem. And therefore, it seems that every Vidui requires the Anna Hashem. And what does the word Anna here mean? What's the please? I believe the Rav discussed this once, but the way I understood the Anna here, perhaps I heard something like this, I don't remember, is that Anna is please, please be here. Please listen to me. <coughs> the first problem that a person about to say Vidui faces is before he does Tshuva, his actions are rejected by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That beautiful Rambam in Perek Zayin of Hilchas Tshuva discusses the Baal Tshuva before he does Tshuva. And he uses very, very strong language. In Perek Zayin, he says that his purpose, of course, is not to necessarily describe the, 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 the person before tshuva, but he wants to show the contrast between the person who does tshuva and before. And the Rambam uses the words, emesh hayazeh just the day before yesterday. Hayazeh moved on Hashem Yisrael. This fellow was removed from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He could daven without an answer. He does mitzvahs and they somehow rip them up in front of him. He's not accepted by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's a richuk me HaKadosh Baruch Hu, an estrangement from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So I understood that the first words, Anna Hashem, means please HaKadosh Baruch Hu, be here. Please come back to listen to me. And then, after he says those words, the Rambam in Parak Aleph says, Chatasi the first words mean what he did. I sinned before Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and the words before Hakadosh Baruch Hu seem rather important here. Chatasi avisi pashati lefanecha vasiti There should also be pirutachet to describe the individual sins that you did. So, the first part is to be aware of your sin, to specify what it is. And then the Rambam says, 
Nichamti means I regret it. We know the word Nichamti in Chumash, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw the situation of mankind in Breshis, it says, Vayinochem Hashem. Ki Adam Rashi there, famous Rashi, describes what does that mean that HaKadosh Baruch Hu regretted something, that he changed his mind. But humans, it's obvious, I'm sorry, I regret it. Uboshti b'masai, and I'm ashamed. Boshti. Busha is an essence, an element of tshuva, an element of vidui. Ula olam eni And then, after the akaras hachet, after the pirut hachet, after explaining his remorse and shame, then there's Kabbalah ala asid. A person explains that for the future, I will not return to this. That is the essence of vidui. Now, in Perek Beis, of course, the Rambam says, when he describes tshuva, he says, what is tshuva? Perek Beis, halacha Beis. When the Chotei abandons the Chet, what we call Aziva Sachet, remove it from your mind, accept upon yourself that you'll never do it again, and you regret what you've did in the past, and then that very famous phrase in the Rambam, V'yoyid olav yodea ta'alumos shelo yoshev chet la'olam. As he, yoyid olav is a difficult word, and many people have explained different interpretations. It could mean that he calls HaKadosh Baruch Hu as his witness, that I test, I am willing to testify before HaKadosh Baruch Hu as my witness, that I'll never do it again. So we have the elements, perhaps not always in the same order, but we have these elements later in the tshuva process. And then the Ramam continues in Perek Beis, Halacha Beis, V'tzarech Lisvados B'svosav, V'lomar Inyanos Elishigama a person must express these ideas. Now it seems from the Rambam that vidui, the mitzvah vidui, includes all those elements that we said before. Of course, a Kohen Gadol doesn't have all those elements. When we're in Shul Yom Kippur, we hear more clearly the vidui of the Kohen Gadol, and you don't find Kabbalah al-Asit, you don't find Pirat HaChet, you find an awareness of the Chet. But the other elements are lacking. The Minchas Chinuch in Mitzvah Shin Samach Dalid raised this point. But even more striking is the Rambam himself says that the Vidui does not necessarily include all these elements. Because in Perek Beis, Halachaches, the Rambam says, Havidui Shinuagu Pol Kol Yisrael, Aval Anachnu Chatanu, Vuikra Vidui. There, what is the vidui? The awareness of the sin. That's ikra vidui. So, it does seem strange that in Perik Aleph, the Rambam has, and again in Perik Beis, the Rambam has a whole list of concepts that must be stated and formulated when a person says vidui, but nevertheless, the Kohen Gadol did not say it, and the Perik Beis 
doesn't have it at all. It says the vidui that Bnei Yisrael are accustomed to saying is to say the words, In fact, on everyday davening, when it, the people that say vidui, Hashem nebagadnu, Aval, what do you say? You just mention the fact that you did a sin and you say everything you did. It perhaps when you say the words in a daily vidui, means it wasn't worth it. Maybe that wasn't worth it includes a number of ideas that perhaps could be elaborated upon and explain what they mean in context of the larger vidui. But again, we go back to the Ramah, seems to be the Ikra vidui. A number of people have pointed this out. Rav Asher Weiss, in one of his Svarim, suggested that there's a difference between vidui of a yachid and vidui of a tzibur. Vidui of a yachid is what each person says when you say your own Shema Nesrei, when you say your vidui at whatever time in your life a person says vidui. That vidui is, is me. My personality should express itself. I should explain how I feel at this time, and I should explain the, the nichamti, the boshti, I should explain the kabbalah, lo'asid, etc. But when there's a vidui at Sibur, the Kohen Gadol cannot represent the Sibur and promise Kaddish Baruch Hu in the name of the Sibur they'll never do it again. He can never be mefaret achet the same way that a yachid can be mefaret achet. So therefore, in terms of the yachid, the 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 vidui hayachid, parak aleph and parak beis are applicable. However, in terms of vidui hatzibur, vidui hatzibur is found in the vidui of the kohen gadol, but it's also found in parak beis, in parak gimel, in parak beis halachaches. Because you see, just before parak beis halachaches, the Ramam talks about tshuva, but the tshuva of yom kippur, and there he talks about the vidui of the Shtiach Tzibur Be'emza Tfilaso. And then, in that respect, when he talks about the Vidu Yatzibur, perhaps he meant Aval Anachdu Chatanu. Rav Ashavais goes on to suggest that perhaps there is another difference. Perhaps really real Vidu of Tshuva requires all the above. But he says that the Perik Aleph, Halacha Aleph, is an expression of Tshuva. It's not just the mitzvah of vidui. It's tshuva as expressed through vidui. So perhaps the vidui itself only requires the words of alanach nuchatanu. But in order to express the concepts of tshuva, tshuva includes all those elements that we mentioned above. And therefore, in, when the Rabbim and Halacha Aleph explained how do you express your tshuva, you express your tshuva through all of the above. But ne- nevertheless, the ikar vidui is the is the Avola Nachnu Chatanu. Rav Soloveitchik, of course, has discussed this many times, and if one will study carefully different works of Rav Soloveitchik, one will see many places where he discussed Vidui. For example, in the Sefer Alachuva, in one of the essays, one of the Shiurim that he gave on Tshuva, the Rav distinguished between a Tshuva of Vidui and a tshuva, I'm sorry, vidui of tshuva, and vidui of kapara. The Rav felt when a person is doing tshuva, 
That's the Perek Aleph. Halacha Aleph. That's the Vidri of Tshuva, which is similar to what Rav Asher Weiss wrote in Milchas Asher. However, the other Vidui is the Vidui not when a person necessarily does Tshuva, but when a person is met with an, with an occasion of Kapara. The Rav pointed out, for example, when a person brings a Karban. So, the, you must do Tshuva before you bring the Karban, because otherwise, Zevach Roshayim Toeva. A person who did not do tshuva, his carbon is not accepted. Remember the words that we quoted before. Before the person did tshuva, he was despised by a Kaddish Baruch Hu. He did mitzvahs for tarfim also. They do a mitzvah, you don't, you just rip it up. So, zevach rishayim toeva. What creates the possibility at all of bringing a carbon? The fact that you've done tshuva before. But, after you do the tshuva, at the time of the karban, there's another vidui, and that's a vidui of kapara. The Rav pointed out, the vidui of koin gadol is a vidui of kapara. The vidui of a karban, well, they're both elements true. Before the person brings the karban, he has to have the vidui of tshuva. With the karban, perhaps that vidui is a vidui of kapara. And that's why the Rav explained the continuation of the Rambam in Perak Aleph, Halacha Aleph. In Perak Aleph, Halacha Aleph, the Rambam continues that a, a person who brings a carbon chatas and asham, when he brings his carbon or neshkaga or amazed, he has no kapara with his carbon until he does tshuva and says vidui. And he's referring to the vidui, it seems, of Halacha Aleph. Again, when will discuss, when the Rambam himself discusses in a later section the Karban, bringing the Karban, the Rambam can talk about only the Vidui of Kapara. The Vidui of Tshuva is found in Hechos Tshuva. The Vidui of Kapara might be found later. So the Vidui of Tshuva encompasses much more than the Vidui of Kapara. In general, when we talk about the word Vidui, we translate the word Vidui as some sort of confession. But we should remember, of course, that when a person does Bior Masros, at the time that a person makes sure that he has fulfilled all the requirements of Maser, of Masros, so he says to Parsha, Bi'arti HaKodesh Min that he did all the mitzvahs, Lo avarti mi he did not forget anything, and he did not make a mistake. He did not forget, did not do anything wrong. So, the Tosus Yantif already asked the question, why is this called Vidui Masros? Vidui is a confession. Why is this statement a confession? All you're saying is that I did right, I did well. Lo avarti mi The Tosus Yantif and others have tried to find things that might have been done wrong that a person should say Vidui for when he brings the, when, he, when it's time for this Biyo Masros. However, both Rav Ashavais in his Sefer on Chumash discusses the concept of Vidui Masros that Vidui doesn't mean necessarily I did something wrong. It's an awareness or perhaps 
an expression of gratitude that a person feels. And therefore, it's appropriate to say Vidri Masros when you are, when you, even when you fulfill the mitzvah without saying anything negative. Rav Salavechik discussed this point also in his Drushos, that's called in, in the Hebrew version Chamesh Drushos, the Drushos that the Rav generally said, all these five Drushos were made at the Mizrahi Convention in America many years ago. And the Rav there spoke about Vidui Masros as an awareness of what we've done. There, in that drasha, he praised certain things that he felt that the Mizrahi organization had accomplished in Eretz Israel. And he said, that is Vidui. But of course, he also stressed need for improvement in certain areas, and he also called that a type of Vidui. Not necessarily confession, but an awareness. The way I explained it before, if a person does not have aziva sachet, if you do not leave the chet and accept the future, then your actions are not accepted by Kaddish Baruch And we quoted the Rambam in Perek Zayim. However, the Beis HaLevi, Rav Salavechik's great-grandfather, had a beautiful interpretation of a medrash that's found in the introduction to the Beis HaLevi on Chumash. The Beis HaLevi quotes a Yalkut in Hosea. And the Yalkut says, Kol mi sheyesh biyado dvaravera Anybody who has feels he's done an Avera, but he's ashamed. He's not prepared yet to do Tshuva. He should exchange it and do good actions, proper actions. V'yasa tshuva, and he should, should do tshuva, v'yaskabel. And then they'll be accepted. And then he continues, Mashallah Adam, the, the Medrash continues, Mashallah Adam sheyesh lo tzrorot u dinarim ra'im. A person has a pile of coins that are not valid, poor coins. He should go to a an exchange, a person who deals with exchange. He'll give him more. And then he can exchange it for good coins. Someone has Bad actions, yase, yase, tshuva masim tovim. Should do good things. The Beis Halevi explained that there could be a situation where a person really, at this moment, doesn't feel capable of doing tshuva. And of course, the proper way of doing tshuva is first to remove your past to regret what you did. As we know from the Pasuk, and then Asetov. But, in this particular case, this person could, who feels he is not capable of doing tshuva, should do as many Masim Tovim as he can. 
at this point, since he is a Russia, since he has not done Shuva, those Masim Tovim are not considered such Masim Tovim. They are considered like the Zuzim Haroim, Haroim, the Dinarim Haroim, the poor coins he has. But then he goes to the Chenvani and he can exchange them and make those coins into, into Dinarim Tovim. So the actions that you did, which are proper actions, but they're not on the level of real proper actions because you're not on that level as a person, you should do it now. And later, when you really can express yourself in Shuva, those Masim Rayim become Masim Tovim, like the Dinarim Harayim become Masim Tovim. A novel approach where sometimes, because of a person's problem that he feels he can't do Shuva, it's still better to try to do the best that you can do. What he calls Masim Rayim, what we would call Masim Tovim, but never done by the person who's not on the, the level of being about Shuvah yet. But later on, Lemefreya, these actions can be returned and brought back as Masim Tovim. So the order of the Rambam itself is very clear. What I quoted from the Beis HaLevi is sometimes a person has not reached that level, so there are other suggestions of the Yalkut of how to act. The Rambam in Parak Aleph Halacha Aleph continues that you must say Vidui. And then he says, as I said before, when you bring a Karban, you have to have Vidui in the Karban. And we talked about it that this is a double type of Vidui, a Vidui of Tshuva, and therefore it's in Halacha Aleph of Hilchus Tshuva. And it's also a Vidui of Kapara, which we'll find later in the Rambam. But then the Rambam continues. V'chein kol mechuyave misos bezden mechuyave malkos ein miskape elohem b'misasan o bilkiyasan at sheyasu tshuva v'yizvadu. A person who's chayav either Rachman al-Itzlan the death penalty or chas v'shalem malkos he does not get kapara until he does tshuva and says vidui. On one hand, this makes sense. A person is a Russia. Let's say he ate treif. Let's say a mumar lehachis or a mumar leteavon, according to those people who say a mumar leteavon would also get malchus. And then Bezdin caught him and gave him malchus. So, what was his status? He doesn't seem to have, if he didn't do tshuva, so he's still seems to be uh, the same as he was before, just we punished him. And therefore, the Ramam seems very logical that a person should not, would not get kapara until he does tshuva, even though he received malkos, or, as I said before, chas v'shalom, the death penalty. Many people have pointed out that this Rambam should be re-examined in term, in, because of a few other Rambams. I'll only quote one because perhaps this is the most uh, clear issue that I should raise, although there are other Rambams that one should study in this regard. I'm quoting the Rambam in Hilchos Edus, Perik Yud Beis Halacha The Rambam says, Kol mishin is chayiv malkos. A person who is chayiv malkos, that means he's a rasha. Bein she'asa tshuva, bein she'laka bevezdin chaza If he does tshuva, 
or gets Malkas, then he becomes Kasha. Now, I don't understand. If he did Shuva, I can understand. He becomes Kasha. But if he got Malkas, why should he become Kasha? The Ramam here said that you must say Vidui, you don't have Kapara. Malkas by themselves do not bring Kapara. Malkas with Vidui bring Kapara. So, why would it work in Hilchas in Hilchas Again, a question that many people have examined. I'd like to quote the way that the Rav, Rav Hutner explained it in Pachad Yitzchak. The, Ramba, the, Rav, the Rav Hutner explained that you don't become pure. You don't become Tahar unless you do tshuva. But a person who sinned is a Russia. And a Russia requires kapara. But there are two different facts. One, he's a Russia. And two, a Russia requires kapara. Can there be a state where a person is no longer a Russia but needs kapara? Can there be the opposite case where a person has kapara but is still a Russia? Rav Hutner pointed out both facts are true. The Rambam here is referring in Hilchas Eidos is referring to a person who's puzzled the Eidos because he's a Russia. And what makes him a Russia? In the brisker terminology, the Chalos Shem Russia. It's a, a, perhaps a name attached to him. It becomes a description that this man is a Russia. And once he gets Malkos, the Pilo Hashofet Viko Lefanov, Kadei Rishasa We learn from here that once you get Malkos, the name Russia is removed from you. You don't necessarily have Kapara. In order to be Kasha Le'edus, a person who is does not have kapara could still be kasha leedus. He, as long as he's not a rasha, Malkus removes the name rasha from him. Therefore, for the purpose of edus, he's certainly kasha leedus. He's no longer a rasha, but he re- still requires kapara. I'd like to give the opposite example, the way Rav Hutne did. Let's say that Yom Kippur is mechaper without tshuva. It's a very complicated sugi in Shavuos Tafyud base, and it's of course connected to the Rambam in the next halacha that we're going to learn Perik Aleph halacha base. The Rambam there, well, let's discuss in the Gemara as a, as a, as a discussion if Yom Kippur Mechaper belit tshuva when, does Yom Kippur Mechaper on everything or also in partial things? Let's say there's a Russia. A person is a Russia. And let's say that Yom Kippur is Mechaper Belichuva. So apparently, this person who belongs to Klai Yisrael somehow re- attains Kapara. Is he still a Russia? Would anybody think that Yom Kippur Mechaper Belichuva means that the Rishayim do not, are, are no longer Rishayim after Yom Kippur? He would be Kasha Laetus. He would have Kapara without Chalosheh. 
he would have kapara, but he'd still have the chalal shem rasha. So we've shown that the shem rasha and the idea of kapara are two different ideas. And this is perhaps accentuated by the Rambam when he used the words in Hilchus Tshuva, V'chein kol mechuyavei mizos bezdin u'mechuyavei malkos. Ein miskaper lahem b'misasan o'bil kiyasan achiyachsu v'yasu tshuva. There's no kapara. They don't have any kapara. Perhaps the chaloshem rasha can be removed, but what's lacking is the kapara. I'd like just to point out one more idea that could be derived from this Rambam. The Rambam says, when do you do tshuva? Of course, we're talking about tshuva now from tshuva from sins. In Perak Zion, the Rambam talks about tshuva not just from sins, but just the concept of Lashuv Kadosh Baruch Hu. He talks about Midos Ros and other things. In this parak, we're talking about Shuva from sins. And here the Rambam said, and we'll begin again from the very beginning, that Shuva, all the mitzvahs of the Torah, mitzvahs Hasei, mitzvahs Lotasei, a person transgressed the Mezid of whether he did it intentionally or unintentionally. Now, if a person did Shuva unintentionally, somehow he says the words, that are found in this halacha. I find it very difficult to understand what does a person who did Naver B'Shogeg say, Le'olam eini chose le'davarze. Now, a person did something intentionally, b'mezid, he can certainly say, I, I did a mistake, I know what I did, I'll never do it again. A person did B'Shogeg, B'Shogeg means he forgot something. He made a mistake. Can a person really say he won't make a mistake? Actually, in one area, it's true, he could do it. If a person did not have a for example, he was Mechal Shabbos because he wasn't aware of, uh, let's say, the concept of Boer. Let's say, say, for the sake of argument, a person took the bones, removed them from the fish. That might be Boer Daraisa. He took the, with, with a clee, he took the Boer out of the uh, the, he took the uh, bones out of the fish, the, the wrong way to do it, perhaps this bird Isa. But why did he do it? Because he didn't know Elchus Shabbos. Maybe La'ola Meni would mean a commitment to learn halacha better. In Shogeg, there's some cases where you forgot the halacha, or not aware of the halacha, and some cases where you forgot, for example, Shabbos. I don't know how I could promise that I'll never forget that it's Shabbos. I'll, but I perhaps could accept upon myself to study the halacha better, not to be a shogeg, at least in the area of not being aware of the halacha.